Deep in the night, your heart fills with dread Probably a murderer who wants you dead It could be a ghost, a demon or worse Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed, you'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Well hello and welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday It is Friday, February 9th And we are ready to tell your odd but true stories today it's not just the second Friday in February. It's the second Friday in Ducuary. Oh, that's true. Yes, we tomorrow will have uh, Today. 2 p.m. Central. We'll be discussing my octopus teacher, which I've, I haven't even watched it yet. I'm going to watch it later tonight. It's supposed to be a tearjerker, so just it bring is. your tissues. It's an emotional one. So that's today. You're listening uh, at 2 p.m. Central, February 9th. So every Friday, next Friday, we're going to talk about Summer of Soul. And mm-hmm. the last Friday, we'll be talking about Navalny. So hop over on Patreon and listen to those. Actually, you can participate live in the chat. That's the best part. You can talk to us about that. Much like everyone today is ready to talk to us about these stories they sent in. My goodness, what a lineup. We've got some updates. Yes. And some, there's one that, you know, I'm going to be thinking about for probably, (laughs) I mean, until I take my last breath. So (laughs) it ties in with this week's episode of the Clown Motel. (laughs) We have another possible resident. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is an update. Well, I don't know about an update as much as offering support and perhaps um, an answer to a submission that we had from last week. I love when our listeners come together and crowdsource and try and, (laughs) you know, help each other out, especially if they're local. And then y'all can meet up. Hey, you know, be friends like people <laughs> I, in our Patreon group. Facebook group. Somebody was like, "Who around here in like Massachusetts listen?" And then it's like a, a hundred comments of, "That's how you meet." It's very hard to make friends as adults. Oh, yeah. And recently, I've and I don't know why, but I've come across several articles about the difficulties in that, and how you know. And mm-hmm. I'm on some like mom Facebook groups, and people will be like, "I'm new to the area." How do you make friends when you're like 35 years old? It is difficult. So mm-hmm. one way is you find people that are like-minded and like stuff that you like, and then you've automatically got something to talk about. You've already got an in. Find your sinisters, which I think <laughs> is what they're calling themselves, in your, your local area and, you know, start a chapter. You know, yeah, like if- <laughs> people have chapters. Can we have chapters? <laughs> yeah, we want different chapters. And if you are in the Ozark, Arkansas area, and this is a chapter to join if you've seen a cryptid. You got to join this one. Well, this is from Oren, and it is in regards to Kitty's Ozark, Arkansas Wear Panther submission. Hey, ladies, I'm listening to Freaky Friday episode 97, in which a listener named Kitty describes seeing a terrifying panther-like creature in the Arkansas Ozark region. I live in that region and have lived all over Arkansas throughout my life. Despite what Arkansas wildlife officials say, my experience living across Arkansas is filled with stories of sightings of big cats, including panthers and mountain lions. 
In fact, as a kid living in central Arkansas, my own younger brother and neighbor kids claimed to have spotted a mountain lion in a forested area near our suburban neighborhood. But the real reason I'm writing in is to help identify the cryptid that Kitty may have seen. The wampus cat is a cryptid described as looking like a panther or a cat-dog hybrid with bright green eyes and is sometimes reported to stand and walk on its hind legs. Some reports claim that the Ozark Howler, one of Arkansas's unique cryptids, may be a wampus cat. Sightings of the wampus cat occur all over America, and the descriptions sound very similar to what Kitty described. I've never encountered one myself, so I can't personally relate to Kitty's experience, but I hope that having a name for the terrifying were-panther creature may give Kitty some peace of mind. Shout out to all my fellow Ozarks, Arkansas listeners. Cheers, Oren. Well, Oren, between Oren and our Patreon Facebook group member, Lori, who is telling us that panthers aren't really, that what we see in America is not really a panther, that it's actually like a subgenus of a... They're zoo docents, so they know better than me. <laughs> but I think that the answer is that, yeah, it's not a panther. I think it's a wampus cat. <laughs> so I love the name wampus it's- cat because wampus, I feel like that's a southern phrase of like, mm-hmm. you're going to go out and have wampus tonight? Or like, your hey, pants are all you- catty wampus. Come over if here. You, My yeah, if you that. don't get in line, you're going to get a wampus by your daddy yeah. when he gets home. Which She's real. It's not something any of us want to do, but it's the South, and I'm talking about a long time ago. I feel like, like catty you- wampus is one I use all. <gasps> catty wampus? Wampus cat? We solved catty it. Catty wampus. Interesting. We solved huh. I feel like uh, if you get called a wampus cat, that's probably not the. Uh, the thing, I mean, unless you're just tearing shit up, in which case, call me a wampus cat all day long, <laughs> and I will make your shit catty wampus by being a wampus cat. I will I'll turn it what. all sideways. Topsy Simon Derby. has been a wampus cat for about the past three months. He's been wampus catting <laughs> all over this house, just yeeting shit anywhere he can. He is causing destruction everywhere he goes. So he's being a bit of a wampus cat right now. Yeah, if everything ends up cattywampus, I think that's how you trace it back. But mm-hmm. I love this. Uh, I like the support of going, hey, you're not alone out there. If you've seen a green-eyed bipedal animal, you're not crazy. You're not making it up. Don't let people gaslight you. It's definitely a cryptid, and it's definitely the wampus cat. You uh, are entitled to compensation for whatever yeah. may may have occurred to you. But also, I think, our, I don't know if it's Oren or Oren. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. But you and Kitty and others, I'm just saying, form a group. Maybe you go wampus cat hunting one day. Yeah, they're like the uh, cryptozoology club of the Ozarks, Arkansas area. <laughs> and it's like bird watching, but way more fun. Bird watching is yeah. great. I have a couple of friends that are bird watchers, which I was like, you can tell the difference in birds? Turns out, yeah, you can. You just have to work really hard at it. But cryptids, Can you not I think, tell is, the difference in birds? I mean, you know, there's some of them that I'm like, eh, the color. We found a bird in the yard a few weeks ago, and it looked like three different species of birds. There's like uh, some of them that are extremely, they're all about the same size. It's like, well, their brown is on their plumage on the front mm. and not the side or whatever. I'm like, I'm not that specific to be like, but if it was the difference in a wampus cat and a Bigfoot, say, I would be great at that. And I would be more enthralled than I think just bird, uh, bird watching. For sure. I was thinking you meant 
I can't tell the difference between a cardinal and a crow. And I was concerned for a second. But really, well, you're just saying it's more when you get down into the nitty gritty of the birds. Well, honestly, I can't tell the difference in that either. And I feel really picked on right now because all birds look the same to me. I have bird blindness. I'm just kidding. I don't have bird blindness. <laughs> <laughs> I a cardinal like, is, is red. A crow is black. So they're right off the bat. You, there's a difference right there. I can't even tell. And you know you what? They all color. taste the same right. to me. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Someone has eaten a crow somewhere. Do you eat crow if you like have to take it? You're like, hey, you're going to have to eat crow on this one. And I'm like, how many crows had to die for people made mistakes back in the day for us to make that sort of into a phrase, a saying so much often that it like they've done it so often that it has become a saying that's disturbing to think about. I had never really thought about people eating birds other than, you know, your typical chicken and turkey. But I mean... Probably every bird's been eaten by somebody at some point. A mutual friend of ours in great detail described when Anthony Bourdain, like famously, they do this thing where you eat this bird whole and you have to put a napkin over your head. Yeah. And when she was yeah. explaining that, oh, man, it was one of my favorite moments we've had together. But that people eat all kinds of fucked up shit. All, all that yeah, to say. Sometimes true. so bad you got to put a, a napkin on your head. But no for others, that. it's. Mo- I think it's mainly yeah. for others to not witness it, or so you get it's like God. the whole aura of like smelling it and everything. It's not for me. I'm not no. doing it. No, I don't want to eat under a blanket ever. Uh, but Unless- especially if it's like a whole ass bird. <laughs> if it's like late at night, I'm having some cheeses in bed, like looking at my phone. That's one thing. <laughs> but I don't want to be like this is so filthy. I can't. I have to put a napkin on my head to shut to not so God won't judge me. But like, oh. by the way, fun fact: I think God can see through napkins. Just a guess. Oh, maybe, maybe they have supernatural powers. Well, the wear panther wampus cat certainly does. So. It's up to y'all. It's up to you guys Find up them. there in the Ar- Ozarks to uh, figure this out for us. A lot of ground to cover. so You can do it, though. Yeah, you can do it, especially if you get a few more people. We are confident in you. Well, thank you so much, Arn, for sending that in. Sinisterhood will be right back. I uh, love to learn new things about my husband because we have now been together five years and... I asked one day, is the bloom off the rose? And he was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, you know how I know it's not off the rose with the paired app. Because I found out one of his favorite places to chill. I mean, I kind of knew, but it's this corner of the couch. It said, send a picture to your lover, to your partner, about one of your favorite cozy spots in the house. And so I learned a new thing. Am there I, you my, go. My meditation nook in my office. So it's like we both kind of know. Like our, You just learn something about each other, even though five years in feel like you know everything. Y'all are hey, even. I'm uh, 13 years in. Lucky since 13. we started dating. We started dating in 2010. So nice. wait a second. What year is this? Yeah, 13 years. Lucky 13. Hey. And there's still uh, a lot of stuff I'm sure I don't know. Paired is a great way to learn stuff about your partner, regardless how long you've been together. It's a relationship app for couples. You and your partner download the app. Then you pair together, and Everyday Paired gives you questions, quizzes, and games to have fun, stay connected, and deepen your conversations. It's simple and often hilarious. Each day you get a quiz to play or a question to answer, and you can't see your partner's answer until you answer it yourself, which I like. It's fun for me. It's almost kind of like other games that you play online where it's like, don't spoil it for me. But in this case, (laughs) I'm like... 
Could you, I, I want to know your answer. Could you answer? Or it'll be like, mm, did you see your notification on paired? So uh, it's a good way to like poke fun, especially if it's a quiz, like who knows who better. I'm like, let me see that score. If you want to know your partner's answers, you got to answer too. I like that they're like, it's got to be equal. You can't just be one person doing all the work and getting all the answers. You got to both do the work. Whether you're just a few dates in or have been together a long time, it's time to lighten the mood and have fun with your partner by using paired. Head to paired.com slash creepy to get a seven-day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. Just head to paired.com slash creepy to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. Speaking of terrifying encounters and tying into this week's main episode, Kate writes about her creepy encounter, which chef's kiss on that one. one. Very, very nice. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for your work on this podcast with the exception of this week's episode, which was creepy (laughs) as fuck. I too am terrified of clowns and had a horrifying encounter circa the creepy clown sighting of 2016. I realized I started writing this story to send back in June of 2022, but couldn't bring myself to finish it. But alas, it is time. Picture it, Toledo, Ohio. I am a full-time PhD student living with my sister who was not at home at this time. I was sitting in my living room one afternoon working and noticed out of the corner of my eye that somebody pulled up in front of the house and parked on the street. I assumed it was my sister getting home from work until the flash of synthetic blue hair moving toward our front door caught my attention. Instead of my sister, a man in full ass clown gear was strolling up to my house, pulling a cart and carrying a basket. I was petrified and confused. I immediately went upstairs and hid, hoping this creep would leave. You know, the millennial way. But he didn't. He began knocking on the door, and when he got no answer, knocking louder and eventually pounding on it. When that didn't work, he started knocking on the front windows, and then trying to open the windows. I was in a full-blown panic by this time. I've been a consumer of true crime since I was a child and watched Unsolved Mysteries with my grandmother, R.I.P. Robert Stack, and my granny, this number one fan, and I'm always paranoid someone will break into my house and hurt me. In my panic, the only thing I could think to do was call my sister at work. She still makes fun of me to this day for the conversation we had when I called her, because when she asked if I called the police, I told her, of course not because I didn't want the creepy clown man to hear me talking. As I'm on the phone with my sister, the clown makes his way around the house, knocking on the side windows as he passes and begins knocking at the back door. It was quiet for a minute, and then I realized this motherfucker was trying to open the door as I heard scratching and clawing sounds downstairs. I hung up with my sister, preparing to have to call the police or shoot this guy. It was quiet for a minute, so I made my way downstairs with my gun like a fat, blue-haired Olivia Benson knockoff, only to see the guy pack up his car and drive off, taking his time and without a care in the world. I went to the door to make sure it was triple-locked and saw something on the outside handle. 
Maybe a balloon animal? Nope, a balloon penis. I included a photo of it. When I looked out back, thankfully there were no more phallic balloons, but there were crowbar marks in the trim around the door. I had the hardest time trying to figure out what had just happened to me. I thought it was a prank, but I called everyone I knew to ask if they sent a clown to terrorize me, which would be a pretty fucked up prank, but they all denied it. My mother insists it was a clown for a birthday party just at the wrong house. But why would he come to only my house, where there is only one car in the driveway, and try to break in if it was for a party? He didn't try any of the neighbor's houses, just packed up and drove away. What was in his basket and in his cart? He clearly had balloons and a crowbar, but didn't break a window or the door, which could have been done easily if he was determined to get inside the house. Was he just there to scare me? I'm not sure, but I was thoroughly terrified. It was really difficult to be home by myself for months after this. I had trouble sleeping at night, was obsessive about locking the doors and windows. I still don't know what was behind this, but would love to know what y'all think, and if any other Toledoans had something like this happen. I did call the police after this happened, but they told me since I wasn't hurt and, quote, nothing happened, that it wasn't a police matter. Thank you for sharing my story. Peace, love, and may John Wayne Gacy rot and piss forever. Kate. Oh my God, Kate. Oh my God. First of all, the balloon penis is ridiculous. It's not even a great balloon penis. They, <laughs> you know, they could have done better. I have some ideas Definitely. for balloon penis. But this is a legitimate fucking in a wig clown taking shit out of his trunk and putting it in a cart. Yeah. I, there's no way it was a birthday party because no one's like, Hey, so I want the party package where you show up and you try to break and enter into my house. Make sure to check every possible opening, like go, doors, windows, bring your crowbar. That's deranged. He would have rang the doorbell and been like, is this the house for the clown? And if not, he would have left. If that's the type of party you're trying to have, that's probably a different website. It's not, yeah. it's not one for kids' parties. That's your own clown thing you're into. He's getting so many items out of his trunk that are way too colorful mm -hmm. in this giant oversized cart and then just wheeling them up. The yeah. I mean, it's, it is uh, beyond unsettling. It's one thing if you come to the door and you're like, I got the wrong house. I'm going to move along. But to like jiggle, 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 like jiggle and then bang on all the windows on the and side and then go to the back and try to get in. May I? Pose a theory. The clown was the front, as they so often are. Damn. And this was just a way to make it look like, oh, they must have hired a birthday clown for a party. So it's totally normal for the neighbors to see me going up to the front door. It's the perfect disguise. It's why the Joker went with it in Batman. Because even if he had broken in and stolen things, if the neighbors, you go like, hey, did you guys see anything? And they're like, yeah, a, the, a clown pulled up in a Mitsubishi Eclipse hatchback <laughs> full of shit and then sped away. You're never going to find that clown because he could be anybody because he's wearing a fucking wig and makeup. It's the perfect disguise. That's the perfect disguise and the mm -hmm. most terrifying disguise. I don't like this one bit. I, I hate and I it. am a very offended at the police for saying that they can't do anything and it wasn't a police matter. I'm sorry, a deranged person with a fucking crowbar, <laughs> even if it's just an average Joe like burglar with a crowbar, somebody was trying to gain entry into my house with the intent to commit a felony therein, you can tell by the looks of him that he, he was up to no good. He wasn't just going to come in and make balloon animals. He had a crowbar in his hands. God knows what was in that fucking cart. 
Do you think if she had said a man tried to break in, there's crowbar marks, they would have taken it seriously. But when you say <laughs> a clown tried to break in, one of two things happens. They're either like, all right, we're getting trolled. Or they're like, a clown? Not today. Fuck that. We don't, we don't deal with clowns. That's somebody else's jurisdiction. You're going to have to call like, we've- the CBI. That is the Clown Bureau Investigation. <laughs> For sure. You got to call in the specialist because the chief's like, we don't go on clown calls anymore. We've lost two men under the big top. We're not going to lose anymore. We refuse. Because you're right. I think another reason why a clown costume is the perfect disguise for a crime because it makes the victim sound a little weird when they call them. I want to be like, I think a clown's trying to break in. They're like, okay, it's not April Fool's Day. You're like, I know that would maybe make a little bit more sense. I'm upset. I'm upset by this. Very upset, Kate. I'm so sorry this happened to you. I'm sorry that what happened to you was denied by the police, that you were gaslit by them into thinking that not a police matter happened. So much of a police matter happened. I would say the most of police matters happened. This is an emergency. If any other Toledoans happen to have been uh, taken by this blue-haired clown... (laughs) Let us know. Again, yeah. we're, we're all about connecting people. We're networking. So <laughs> enough of you get together. We can track this clown down. So I'm we like, got some you, pictures. If you were in Toledo in the 2016 time period when the clowns were running loose, let us know what you saw. Because that was a wild time in those poor the, we, people in America. You couldn't turn a corner without worrying it was going to be. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> And turn the corner and just get shot in the face with (laughs) water coming out of a flower. Oh, God. Let us know. Toledo wins. That is eerie. And uh, yeah, if you received a balloon penis, let us know. (laughs) A very poorly made balloon penis at that. I can't even tell where the balls are. I'm not sure if that's at the top or the bottom, which I think the purple part is the penis. And then maybe the pink ones are the balls. But also, it could be the pink thing at the top is the penis, and those yellow ones are the balls. Maybe it's double penises. Maybe, yeah. We'll have to post it on our Instagram when we share this, and y'all will have to weigh in on the comments of where where, where do you see the penis? It's like those highlights things that you would read (laughs) in the doc or something. Spot the penis. We'll put it up next to a photo of an actual penis, and you can tell us what the differences are. Uh, We're going to get banned banned. from Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But uh, if you, any of you listeners are balloon animal experts, let us know where this one went wrong. Because I think it maybe it was a penis and it just went like a boing too soon, which happens sometimes. It does. It happens. Sometimes they deflate before you want them to. Too soon, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jangles. Uh, well, <laughs> may he uh, not may he have taken his clown wig off and not terrorized any other families. Mm-hmm. Toledo deserves better. Kate, we're sorry for your pain and suffering, and mm-hmm. we're here for you, and we appreciate you sharing your story. Yes, what happened to you was valid. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. I know y'all like to play eat it or yeet it over at your house. <laughs> And uh, what well, better way? We don't to- like to play it. It's just a game that is forced upon us at dinner by our son. <laughs> but I figure if you could f- find one way that it's always going to be and eat it, it's with factor meals. They are delicious and everybody likes them. I was just recommending to a group of moms the other day. They were like, I've tried so many meal prep places and delivery things. What do y'all recommend? And I said, I'm not just saying this because they're a sponsor. Factor is legit. So good. Everything I've had for them is so good. The kids love it. It's super easy. It's just, it's 
If you don't like to cook, but you like really good food, Factors for you. That's right. They've got delicious, pre-prepared, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Can't lose a factor. Nope. You free up time because you don't have prep. There's no mess. It's home delivered, ready to eat. It's more time to spend with your family because you don't have to worry about going out and shopping and cooking and cleaning up. And they offer breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and a gourmet plus, which is an upscale option for special occasion meals. Perfect for the upcoming Valentine's Day. Yeah, you skip the overpriced takeout and delivery. There's no need to spend money on that because you can have the chef prepared meals at home. And them smoothies, baby. I dream about them. Head to factormeals.com slash creepy50 and use code creepy50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. That's code creepy50 at factormeals.com slash creepy50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Well, this next one is from Bailey, and the subject line is, the time I'm pretty sure I would have gotten kidnapped if my mom hadn't had the intuition to stay. Hey, may I start this by saying how much I love your podcast? I started listening to it by chance when I had to drive three hours to see my then boyfriend, who is now my husband. When I was 17, I decided I was tired of working for the man and went out on my own and started a pet sitting business. I was taking just about anyone who wanted my services without really vetting the people I was sitting for. A lot of it was in their house, overnight pet sitting. So this lady messages me on Facebook and said her and her husband were looking for someone to watch their dogs for three hours while they went out to dinner. I and my mom, who was my ride, thought it was a little weird, but I know people who can't bear leaving their fur babies home by themselves for even a minute, so I brushed off the weird gut feeling I was getting. I usually have a meetup before to meet the people and the dogs, but they didn't want to do that. That struck me as weird also, because usually the pet parents are more than happy to do so. She sends me the address the day of me watching the dogs, and when me and my mom went to look for the place a couple hours before so we would know where we were going, it took us to a new housing development with only a few people actually living there. The time comes for me to go to the door and go in. But my mom told me she'll be sitting right there in the car that she parked on the curb, just in case I decided to not do it, as she had a bad gut feeling as well. I get up to the door, and before I can even knock, it swings open. The lady hugs me and tells me how glad she is I decided to show up, because she said other sitters have flaked on her before. And also, who hugs people they just met like that? I don't, and I'm not a big hugging person. She leads me in and introduces me to the dogs and her husband, as well as showing me how to let the dogs out. The whole time, I felt like my body was in fight or flight mode. My mind was screaming for me to leave. The husband asks if I came by myself while looking me up and down. I said, no, my mom was just outside in the car. He went to the window and looked. He then asked if she was going to be there the whole time. I said, yes. He gave a weird look to his wife and they both almost looked disappointed. As they were leaving, they told me not to go into the middle room because it was their cat's room, and they, quote, haven't groomed him, and they didn't want me to see him like that. 
That was really odd to me. I stayed and I kept texting my mom that I was worried and I could tell something was wrong. I was just too scared of upsetting anyone to leave. My mom stayed the whole time. They finally came back and when I was going out the door, tried to get me to stay and talk with them for a while. I, of course, quickly declined and got out of there. I ran to my mom's car. And if you know me, you know I do not run for anything. When I got in and my mom drove off, my mom told me that she noticed that their cars had out-of-state license plates, which wouldn't have been weird if they hadn't told me they'd lived in the area all their lives. I don't know if maybe me and my mom were overreacting, but I never had a feeling like that before. And I am very convinced that if my mom didn't stay, something bad would have happened. Thank you for reading this, whether on the pod or just in your free time. Love everything you guys do. Bailey, your mother and you were not overreacting. You were right. Shout out to mom for not only going, but also being like, I noted their license plates. Like, fuck yeah, you did. Thank you, mother. three hours. You're just sitting there casing the whole joint. I like that mom's like, you go in and do the dog sitting. I'm going to stake the place out. But you got to because this 17, I mean, you know, you're, you're wanting to have your own business, but it's good to be cautious. But especially when you have that gut feeling, you always say this, of like, trust that feeling, that feeling you have. And when you first walk in and you're like, oh, I should get out of here. Like, you're not wrong. Like taking care of yourself. The whole thing is bananas weird. I pet sat for a while and nothing weird like this happened. I also did like meetings with the people beforehand. That was just standard. I was, I like did it through an agency. So Mm -hmm. we had like a little protection like that. But to be asked if you're by yourself to look you up and down a Mm -hmm. 17 year old And then look disappointed, but also the room, like our cat hasn't been groomed and we don't want you to see him like that. It's not the queen of England. The cat doesn't give a shit. (laughs) The cat's like, like, what are you? No, my hair. (laughs) (laughs) What are you keeping in that room? No, that's, that was their destruction room. I think there was sus shit in there. Yeah. I don't think it's, I I don't think it's uh, irrational or overreacting to think that there was some, whether it was like a bed and they thought they were like, well, we'll just get over here and like seduce her or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, or, which is horrible enough. Or if it was like lock her in there and no one's going to hear from her again. Cause that's, that is eerie. But I think uh, Bailey, you and your mom did the right thing of like keeping tabs on each other, keeping tabs on them, not leaving, not, you know, and not letting them keep you to talk afterwards. Like, we're done here, man. I'm not, you're not paying me to no. be your friend. Like, no. I gotta go. I don't and you do know that. my mom's outside, right? <laughs> We've already talked about that. Now, let me ask you, and Bailey didn't say, Bailey, let us know if you abided by the rule of not going into that middle room or if you snuck a peek because- I would have snuck a peek. Thousand percent. I would have looked. Nowadays, you know, it kind of depends on when this is. But if I was back when I was 17. Yeah. When I was 17, you know, it would have been about 20 years ago. So I would have probably looked because you would have been like, no one's like having a nanny cam or a spy cam was like you had to go to. There was literally a store in at least in Addison, Texas called Mm -hmm. the spy store. And like still there. It still exists. Every time I pass it, I'm like. 
God, I gotta go in there and see what kind of gadgets they've we should got. Go. We need a we need a field trip to the go. spy store. But I mean, you know, nowadays you grab a, a camera off of Amazon or Walmart mm-hmm. or Target, wherever you're at. But back then it was kind of a specialized thing, so it was a little bit lower risk for us to do it. But I think a 2024 teenager, I would assume I'm being watched in anybody's house, especially for if they sure. have dogs they're fussy about. But yeah, hell yeah, like 20 years ago, I would have in a second I would have peeked in there. And it, but the problem is, what if the cat gets out? <laughs> Then you're or like, if the cat's like, leave me. I told them not to show my face. I can't be seen like this. And you're like, fuck. And then the cat's out. And then people come back and they're like, we weren't trying to do anything untoward. Literally, our cat is like <laughs> such a diva. And now we got to deal with this whole mess. Probably Mrs. unlikely. Having, but She's having a meltdown in there. She's never going to be the same. She's been seen by a stranger. You have ruined her life. Now, I, uh, I probably would have looked for sure, but it, the problem is you open it. What what happens when you open it? It's like a fucking piece of plywood with handcuffs drilled into it you and a bunch of torture shit. Yeah, you got to run outside to your mom who's been yeah. doing the Lord's work, hanging yeah. out, and then you call the cops. <laughs> She's got her binoculars, like five cups of coffee and like a bunch of cigarettes. Just mm-hmm. like I'm doing a stakeout tonight. Yeah, you'd have to. That's uh, that is all of that and going to the. It, uh, not quite developed subdivision, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like one of the only houses on the block. I don't like it gives weird. It gives weird. It does. Vibes. None of it feels right. And I'm honestly surprised that the people still went out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I guess were- you're kind of like, well, we have to because we <laughs> hired her. Now we look really sus if we don't. But I wonder what they talked about at that dinner. Just like, like well, I guess we're not going to be able to kidnapped the girl tonight that we thought we were right they're like well i guess we'll just enjoy this fine steak dinner (laughs) i really wish i had kidnapped someone tonight no i mean that's a great question or if they really were just a couple of weirdos i highly doubt that though there's too many too many things are stacked up yeah and if your gut's telling you i mean we all have been there especially when you're younger and an older man looks at you in a way that makes your stomach drop and your stomach's dropping for a reason. You know that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you get it. So I think, uh, like I said, shout out. We should all be uh, as supportive as Bailey's mom being like, I will yes. wait outside for you. Absolutely. Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, this next one is from Laura. There's a lot of A's at the end of it, so I just figured. And the uh, the subject line is, I played soccer with an accomplice. Well, hi, ladies. I wanted to write in about my brush with true crime. I currently live in Appalachia, and I have my whole life, Roanoke, Virginia. I actually teach high schoolers in the moonshine capital of the world, Franklin County. It's a fever dream, but I love it. I truly have faith in this next generation of kids. I'm a history teacher, and without getting political, I strive to teach my kids to be on the right side of history. Any doodles. I commute about 45 minutes to and from work each day, so your podcast provides me with a bit of a mental break. When you're a teacher and you talk all day, sometimes all you want to do is hear other people talk all day when you're not at work. Back to the story. So when I was in high school, I played soccer all four years, and it was a huge part of my life. One of the girls that was on our soccer team ultimately didn't really fit the bill as far as the rest of the soccer team went. She was a third-string goalie and was always a little strange. I've always been taught to treat everyone with kindness, so at the time I did, but also being a 16-year-old girly, I viewed her kind of skeptically. She was just always a little rough around the edges. 
Fast forward to a couple of years later to 2015. I see on the news that this girl helped her boyfriend kill his parents. Kill his parents. So after the news came out, a bunch of the girls that I played soccer with who hadn't spoken in a couple of years reconnected to Dish about the case. It was wild. I had sleepovers with this girl. I played soccer with her. Fast forward to about two years later, and she is on an episode of Killer Couples and is interviewed in the most dramatic way I've ever seen. Also, they spent about 10 minutes playing it off like she was some soccer star that was just going to casually walk on to a D1 soccer team. They heard soccer player, and those producers took that little aspect of her life and ran with it. It was kind of funny. Seeing her interviewed after serving time blew my mind. I watched the whole episode with my mouth wide open. Her boyfriend had convinced her that he was an assassin for the Department of Defense and that she needed to help him cover up his parents' murder. After they were caught, she entered an Alford plea to being an accessory after the fact to murder. She served her time, only 18 months, and in my personal opinion, played the victim card a little too hard. After she did this interview on the show, a year or so goes by, and I get a text from a friend who was downtown in our hometown and saw her at the bar. She came back to our hometown, and everyone knows who she is, everyone knows what she did, and she had the balls to come back to our hometown. I'm still just a little mind-blown that I played on the same team as a girl that was capable of covering up a murder. Well, anyways, love you ladies. Thanks for all you do. I attached some links. Love y'all. Laura. It takes some cojones to move back to the town where you committed such a heinous crime. And just kind of being like, yeah, I'm in the bar. What? When are you going to say something to me? Uh, I mean, I guess if you might not have a choice, but I I am about 30 minutes from finishing a docuseries I've been watching that is about a um, couple that, Mm. well, we're, we're not sure what happened. At least I'm not because it hasn't finished, but... One of them says one of them killed the girl's parents. The other one says the other one did. At the very least, they both helped plan it and were complicit in it. And it was a vicious, heinous murder. It's to murder do us part on Netflix. Okay, it's I've about seen that. the uh, advertised. Yeah, the uh, Jan's Coring, I think is his name, and her name was Elizabeth Hasem. It was this huge case back in the eighties, and it's um, it's heinous and any. When they talk about it a lot in this documentary, too, of like being able to take the life of someone that gave you life. And yeah. there might have been in this story as well as the one I'm watching, like there's context as to, you know, it doesn't just come out of left field mm-hmm. at the same time. It's uh, like the Menendez brothers. It's a brutal thing to go through. It's yeah. a brutal way to kill your parents. And we don't ever justify murder. So. Yeah, it's a it's a hard thing. But yeah, to know that you played soccer and were kind of close with someone that would later get wrapped up in something like this is hard to reconcile. No, definitely. And it's a fascinating perspective to see how the oxygen show or whatever portrays like Mm -hmm. what was life like before. And you're like, I was there and it was not like that. (laughs) She was not a star soccer player, but it is again, like it's an example of how the media just latches onto something that they think will, you know, be eye catching and, and attention grabbing. And then they run with it. And 
you know, everyone likes a story of like the star athlete who fell from grace and how did they get wrapped up into this? When in reality, it's like, that wasn't really what was going on. She may have been having some issues before that. And, you know, was taken she advantage was of by this guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she was she was convinced that the guy worked for the Department of Defense yeah. and she was helping cover him up. So it sounds like she was a victim as well. No, definitely. I mean, it's you, it, both of them. I don't know that you just turn to, like you said, there's always a ton more factors uh, mm-hmm. to not only killing parents or getting wrapped up when you're kind of not, you know, they're not your parents. It's not like you have a grudge against these folks. And to believe something that outlandish is certainly... Uh, it remind me of um, beyond the norm. Wasn't it the Sun Jim gang murders yes, where yeah. they the guy convinced his girlfriend that he worked for the CIA mm-hmm. and that's why he was having to go and do all these things and had mm-hmm. again spy equipment in his mm-hmm. apartment when it was like, no, you're just a drug trafficker. Yeah, you're just you a just work for the criminal. mob. <laughs> yeah, you're a criminal. I have heard people whose spouses are in the CIA, and it is not until they retire that they find out. Like you will mm. think your husband is a dental, uh, like say, a pharmaceutical rep or something like that. Like you would not know that your wife was actually assassinating God. people. She's just like, oh yeah, I'm an executive for whatever company, and like they provide you this whole backstory and everything. Yeah, you can't blow your cover. So it, I don't think a 17-year-old, too, is going to be like, they've hired me to work at the Department of Defense. How would you feel if you're married for like 50 years and then it's like, oh, my husband retires and then he sits you down and Paris is like, babe. hey, babe, I just need to tell you I have this filmmaker thing has been a front. And filmmaker. I've been, I've been an assassin for the CIA for the past 50. I mean, I would question everything that's ever <laughs> happened in my life. I don't. I don't know that I'm the proper partner for someone that isn't going to be able to be 100% honest about what they're doing. I'll tell you how it would go. It would go just like the 1990s movie True Lies starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold Schwarzenegger, because I'm pretty sure that's the exact plot of that movie. But that, I mean, what do you do when it's like, by the way, or like they blow their cover early because like you're in danger or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. but that's the thing is, I don't even think they would blow their cover then because they're the CIA. So they, not that we can like ask someone. They do some of those like YouTube things where they'll like ask a CIA agent, which are fascinating, but they're oh, always yeah. retired. <laughs> they're not yes. currently in it. No, I don't think but, you can tell people when you're currently in it. But no. I also, as much as I think it would be badass to be in the CIA, I don't know that I could like keep that from people because I would want to be like, yeah, I'm in the CIA. No big deal. Yeah. Like we did some pretty cool raids last <laughs> night. Like I don't think I could keep that to myself. Yeah, I, I, I uh, especially when I was younger, I spilled the beans on a lot of stuff pretty quickly. And uh, we watched that movie Lisa Frankenstein last night. And there's a scene where a girl's like not supposed to gossip. And she's like, I'm not supposed to tell anyone for legal reasons. But I'll tell you. And then, of course, like, by the end, like, all these people have, like, gotten and is it's a huge circle. And, like, I would – the rumors would be – I'd yeah. be on TMZ. Like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, T, the CIA TMZ would yeah. watch. <laughs> In a second. But, yeah, this is a, a wild feeling, Laura, to have that, you know, that close to you and to kind of say – I like you said, I had sleepovers at her house. Mm-hmm. I knew her. And how well do you really know anybody? True. Yep. Well, thank you so much for sending that in. This next one's from Kinsey, and the subject line is Saved by Poseidon. Hi there. I've been listening to your podcast with my girlfriend for the past year. 
Although I'm usually a skeptic, I have my own story that I've never been able to wrap my head around. A little background that will come into play later. I've had several run-ins with the ocean trying to kill me before. When I was three years old, my mom was holding me in the water when a rip current took me out from her hands and launched me into the sea. Another time, when I was six, my mom and I were on a raft when I suddenly fell off the side. I didn't know how to swim and started to sink to the bottom. It was my mom who came to the rescue both times. This story takes place back in 2013, when my godfather offered to take my two brothers and I to the Outer Banks, North Carolina, with his family. My family didn't really go on vacations, so this was a huge deal for my 10-year-old self. Most of our time there was spent in the ocean, playing a game of keep the volleyball in the air. Being the youngest one, my godfather forbade me from going in the water any deeper than hip level. That's not very far in for someone whose legs are two feet tall. I grew jealous as I watched my brothers having a blast swimming and diving through the waves. So, as any 10-year-old would, I ignored my godfather's rule and ventured out to play with them. I very quickly regretted this decision as a four-foot wave broke over top of me, driving me into the ground. The force of the wave slammed me against the rocks, and I couldn't escape. When I reached my hand up for help, I was met with a much larger hand that I assumed was my brother, age 20 at the time. The hand grabbed firmly onto mine, pulling me out of the crashing wave. I rubbed the salt and sand out of my eyes and thanked him, but when I opened my eyes, there was nobody around me within a 30-foot radius. Everybody on vacation with us denied pulling me out of the water or seeing anybody else do so. I was told I stood up completely on my own. Having been four feet tall and tinier than a pencil, I think that's entirely impossible. As a 10-year-old who had just started reading the Percy Jackson series, I had a bit of a different take on it at the time. After that experience, I was convinced for several years that the Greek gods were real and that I was saved by Poseidon himself. It made sense in my head because of the aforementioned oceans trying to kill me moments. I now know that's unlikely, but I still don't know who or what pulled me out of that water. I have not been in the ocean since. <clears throat> I, have a, I have a theory. Okay, because I was just about to say I don't. So what's yours? It's the third man phenomenon. This is I heard about it on National Park oh, After yeah. Dark, and I also like heard about 9/11. it on Eleven. I also heard about that on, uh, and that's why we drink as well. And those are very like in those moments where it's like a life or death moment. There's this sort of spirit, whatever it is, Poseidon, <laughs> Greek god. Perhaps it's Poseidon. <laughs> we, I don't know what lives down there. Who the ocean's huge there could be all sorts of greek gods living down there yeah so i think that that is a a common phenomenon so if you're not familiar with that uh, uh kinsey and haven't looked into that definitely uh, check out both of those episodes are just really good the national park after dark and the uh and that's why we drink on it because the phenomenon itself is just fascinating because it's so many instances of i was a, a girl on tiktok i recently saw people in the comments were like this is third man this is third man because she said she was like i want to say she said she was driving and she felt that she was getting into a wreck but the car like righted itself like perfectly and she's like my hands were like not on the wheel like something righted the car and it shouldn't have and people were like it could be third man and she's like when i crash like we crashed i looked over and i saw a guy that i was like very sure was like just a passerby and it was 
this snowy area and there was like nobody around, there would have been footprints and she, but had just said, it'll, it'll be okay. You're going to be okay. Just hang in there. And then like was gone. It's like the ghouls, the, not the ghouls, the spirits are out there <laughs> trying to save you. I've heard about that um, phenomenon and theory with several 9-11 stories as yeah, well. Yeah, that too. Yeah. The the guy telling them, hey, this way, like, and they are like, there was a fireman in front of me that told me where to go. But when I came out, he wasn't there. And they're like, there was no fireman in front of you. They just told you where to go. I'm like, damn, something about that energy and spirit that maybe it was uh, some leftover energy of somebody else that had died in the waves that are, they're forever there trying to help you get out. My theory was, or with any of these things, is almost more of like you disassociate and it's like your brain's way of helping you out. But that's just because to me that makes more sense than uh, Poseidon being in the ocean. But I That's where he would lives, prefer- though. He's not at a diner. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't know what Poseidon does. He, that's Poseidon true. Maybe, diner. Maybe that's- he might have his own diner. He could. Yeah, it's just like- fish. You think he eats fish? Or is that he's- like mostly uncouth oh wait they're like you made us and now you're eating us he's like yeah i made you and i can eat you anytime i want i bet he leaves the ocean every once in a while for a waffle you got to you can't get if you eat a ocean a waffle in the ocean it'll get soggy yeah unless you're down at um bikini bottom <laughs> and go in uh, you're all set. little yeah a little crabby <laughs> patty i mean they seem like they're they got buns and all sorts of shit down there that's true they somehow they out. figure it out yeah that's what it was. Well, it was SpongeBob. <laughs> SpongeBob saved you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he does have comically oversized hands. That so was the big meaty hand that grabbed there you. you was go. Like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had to go back down because Patrick was waiting for him. I think we've solved it. Well, whatever it was, I'm glad, Kinsey, that you survived. And the ocean is no place to mess yeah. around. So don't fuck with it. You got to no. listen to the rules, even if you're like, Looks so much fun out there. Yeah, the rip currents, especially, so those dangerous. things terrify me. They, they just can take you and just like you're all of a sudden you're out in the open water, especially if you're three years old. No, it's uh, and they come up so fast, and especially when they like take you down the beach too. So even if your family's there and they would come get you, it sucked you down and mm-hmm. over. It's uh, it's dangerous. So if I had those experiences, I'd stay out of the ocean too. You're not wrong, Kinsey. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I think I'd be right there with you. Well, thank you so much for uh, writing that in. Sinisterhood, we'll be right back. This last one is from Mags, and the subject line is, My grandmothers both sent messages from the beyond. Hello, Christine Heather. I want to start by saying thank you for reading my story about my premonitions. I knew death was coming. Episode 83. Your kind words really helped me process some of the guilt I had over everything and comforted me a lot. Yes, I still refer to it as a gift despite everything, though it is definitely terrifying. I mentioned in my previous story, I've encountered a lot of strange things in my life, like my mall-working paranormal and crime experiences and my sister who almost could have been kidnapped. If you're interested in either story, I can send it in. Now, this one involves not one, but both of my grandmothers, including an experience I briefly mentioned last time. Let's start from my mom's mom, who I'll refer to as Grandma S for this story. Grandma S was a loving woman to us and lived only a city away, so we saw her all the time. She's also the one who is married to my grandpa from the last story, and in one of my aunt's own words, is probably cursing him out forever in the afterlife for not listening to her warnings. She had breast cancer and most of the time spent with her in the end were not at her home, but in a hospital, 
She passed in 2002, a few years after her initial diagnosis. This takes place the winter right after her passing. I live in the upper Midwest, so a lot of snow is very common. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if I believe in an afterlife per se. I believe in reincarnation and that spirits can linger on Earth, but not in a heaven or hell. At the time, I sort of did, Presbyterian raised, so I thought that my grandma became an angel. One day, I was playing by myself at school because my BFF at the time was out sick. I was up on a large hilltop that had a smaller playground placed on top, but I was sitting off by myself away from everything. I was sad and missing my Grandma S, so I wrote her name in the snow. Cheesy, but it brought me comfort. I left it like that and decided to slide down the big slides to feel better. The next day, BFF was still out, and I went back to the same spot to see if her name was still there so I could doodle next to it. Weirdly, it wasn't, but a heart was in its place. Super weird. At first, I thought someone cleared it and did that, but barely anyone ever went over there. Something in me decided to test it out again. I went down the big slide, goodness, I love that thing, and went to another far end of the huge playground to an unusually empty area. I did the exact same thing, wrote just Grandma S's name, and left it. And guess what? The exact same thing happened the next day, and I found another heart. My then seven-year-old brain was so confused, but also giddy at the excitement. My BFF, finally back, asked me about it, and I told her. In her young, more science-minded fashion, we tested it again, in another odd corner by a baseball field. It happened again. At this point, I'm not sure if someone mean was pranking me, unlikely for at that time, as I didn't get bullied until middle school, or if it was something else. So, what do I do? Tested at home, of course. It was the weekend at this point, and I let myself out to go sledding. I went to the highest point of our hill, where my parents wouldn't have gone that time of year unless we were hurt, and proceeded to write her name and decided I would check what happened the next day. It snowed that night, but what showed up in the exact same spot I wrote the name? Well, a heart, of course. To this day, I still have no idea what the fuck that was all about, but it definitely made me feel comforted to think that Grandma S was watching over us and helped younger me deal with my grief. Now for the second, much shorter story. It takes place about two or three years after. My dad's mom, who I'll refer to as Grandma D, had been in ill health longer than Grandma S, but was a bit over a decade younger. She lived in Arizona, so we rarely saw her, but we knew she loved us and she always brightened up when us grandkids were around. Her health had gotten worse, so all of her kids, including my dad, went to Arizona in order to be with her at the hospital not knowing if she was at the end of her life. None of us grandkids were there, nor any of her kids' spouses, but we learned all the information soon after it happened, mostly because my parents hate being away from each other and talk often on the phone, especially before we had a plan with texting. My dad had been in the room with her, talking with her until someone came in to tell him his time was up. I think it was a doctor who said it, but needless to say, my dad left the room. A few minutes later, he was sitting in the hallway when he looks at his watch and noticed it stopped. Now, this was a fairly new watch, so it was odd that the battery stopped working, not to mention it had shown no sign that it was slowing down all day. Not long after, Doctor comes to talk to all the siblings and says that my Grandma D had passed. They gave the time, and weirdly enough, 
It was the exact time my dad's watch had stopped. My dad never did change out the battery in that watch and has left it at the time exactly ever since. He and my mom both think it was a sign from Grandma D that she was passing on and was, in a way, her last message. The same watch now sits in a shadow box with a few pictures of her and my Grandpa Jay, a man I sadly never met. A reminder of this moment and a sign that truly felt otherworldly. I hope this brought some comfort, though maybe it just left a pure WTF feeling, as they surely are a bit odd. Anyway, I hope to one day catch a live show. Keep it creepy. Oh, well, it, whatever was going on, I'm glad that it helped you feel like somebody was out there looking out for you, especially seven. That's really young. You're missing your grandma. So whatever was going on, it made you feel better. So that's all right. that matters. I also like BFF being like, well, we need to test it again, of course. <laughs> like a friend that's got like, to. Yes. Let's take you know, this hypothesis. Like, Damn it. Of course, the two days I'm out sick, some paranormal occurrences happen at school. Right? Why do I always miss the ghost adventures when I'm gone? <laughs> oh, but I love that. And the the watch stopping, that's wild. I can't explain it. There's a lot of, uh, I like the new studies that are happening around death and the moments of death, like when they are able to, like where they can test your brain signals and stuff for people who are in like cardiac arrest in hospitals to see like what happens and like all of your synapses are firing and what that energy does. So who knows if it's a, a sudden burst of energy, you know, it, it might have some effect on nearby electronics or something like that. It's a, uh, we, there's so much we don't know about death and about what happens when we do die. So we can't really say like that, that could, whether it's grandma's message specifically, or just like a sign that that was the moment and that he was present for it. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful thing to keep in that shadow box too. It's like a, a final reminder of being like touched by her on the way out. Yeah, regardless of what ha how it happened, keeping it around, if that makes you feel better, is a very nice tribute to her. So that's very sweet that you have some stories that might bring up questions for you, but also hopefully help you feel a little bit more comforted when it comes to your loved one's passing. Yeah, like staying connected. If It's a beautiful thing. Well, thank you so much, Mags, for sending that in. And thank you to everybody else for sending in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at Sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. If you like our free episodes, you'll love our Patreon bonus content. You can join for free to see where we're up to next or dive into over 800 hours of bonus content. We've got all sorts of stuff up there right now, including some special deals. Yeah, the special deal right now, I mean, we have the join for free tier that you can stay on it for as long as you want. What we do on that is monthly, we'll release like a throwback bonus content. You also just get notified on stuff that we're doing for our Patreon. But right now we have a free trial going on, which is something different. It is a one week opportunity for you to join the Patreon for free and get access to any level that you choose for that week. You can check out the perks, cancel anytime before the trial is over without getting charged. And it's a good time to do that if you've been debating whether to join or 
or not, because uh, if you do it during leap month here in February, you get 16% off. So for this month only, it ends on February 29th. So you got to get on this deal now. You get two months free, essentially, whenever you join an annual plan. So it's 16% off through the end of the month. So make sure you check that out. And if you're not sure, just do the free trial, because at the very least, you could join a docuary for free, Mm -hmm. listen to as much bonus content, a new mini-sode we have coming out. Any of that stuff, you do zero dollars and just cancel before the time's up, you'll be all good to go. But here's the thing. You probably won't want to cancel because <laughs> we have a good time over there. Oh, Especially absolutely. today at 2 p.m. Central, if you're listening on Friday, February 9th, what are we doing on Fridays in February on oh, Sinisterhood Patreon? I think we talked up top. We're going to be talking about my octopus teacher at 2 p.m. Central. We are watching the past four Oscar award-winning documentaries this month for DocuWary. So last week was American Factory. This week we've got the 2020 award-winning My Octopus Teacher. So if you haven't seen it, watch it, join the chat, or if you're okay with spoilers, then you don't have to watch it and you can still join the chat and then maybe uh, decide like based on the chat, like, do I want to come <laughs> watch this? But I've only heard good things about this. And the speaking of the ocean and Poseidon. Goddamn. There's some incredible footage. So I'm I'm very excited for this one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. When I told uh, a friend of mine, she just went, oh, and like held her chest. She's like, oh, that movie. So don't miss it. And if you feel like you already missed first week of DocuWary, no worries. There is a uh, live stream replay you can watch on demand. You also get ad-free episodes, our monthly Q&As, quarterly bonus content, weekly bonus content, monthly minisodes, year-round merch discounts, and a community of the best sinisters on the whole ass internet. <laughs> and uh, who knows? You may find a cryptid hunting buddy. Don't forget. You might. February 29th, that's how you get the most annual savings. The deal ends at the end of this month. It's going to be gone like leap year, baby. So uh, join before <laughs> the end of the month. Speaking of leap year, we had talked about if you're a leap year baby, yes. when you would have your birthday. And a listener emailed. Hell yeah. And her son is a leap year baby. And I love what they do. Aww. They, because... Technically, February 29th is his birthday. He likes to say, which makes sense, that his birthday is in February. So on the non-leap years, it's February 28th. But then once every four years when they have the leap year, they do like this huge big thing, this yeah. like special way to celebrate it. I'm like, that's badass. You get and it makes out. total sense too. Yeah, some people, somebody DM'd us and was like, I just count only the leap year. So I'm actually only nine. And it's oh. like, well, good for you. <laughs> That's how you got to do That's how it. you live forever, is <laughs> doing is, math like that. I live Very to be good. 240. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you can also head over to Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner to check out Sinisterhood merch like t-shirts, mugs, totes, stickers, and even clothes for your kiddos. We have some uh, merch clothes on sale right now. Some t-shirts from Full Moon Energy 2023 to make room for 2024 as well mm-hmm. as our Live at the Texas Theater shirt which is just a fucking dope design. And you can watch the show on Patreon. It's part of the bonus content that you can watch when you join and then just get the shirt and it feels like you're a part of it even if you weren't <laughs> there. Uh, but yeah, make sure you check your Patreon pin post to get your merch discounts uh, which can be used on anything in the store. 
Absolutely. And while you're on our website, you can also review the show, follow us on socials, and check out the episode description. You can also find fun things like topic-based playlists and links to live show tickets. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can see some cool videos we got going on there. We do full Wednesday episodes on our YouTube channel. We're also going to start putting clips of Freaky Friday up there, hopefully. Maybe some bonus content clips uh, to give you a little sneak peek of what we're doing over on Patreon. So if you're subscribed, you get notified and it's free to subscribe to YouTube. So just go on and do that. And also check TikTok for, which is both at Sinisterhood Podcast, where you can get short clips on TikTok. Go on over to YouTube, watch the whole thing. Win, win. Absolutely. Also, if you're needing the Valentine's or Galentine's or just birthday, pep talk, anniversary, whatever, you can head over to Cameo. Cameo is where you can book your custom personalized video shout outs where we can say whatever you want us to say. So give them the gift you know they don't already have. Even if they have a cameo from us, every single one of them is different because we do them fresh every time. <laughs> so, we also uh, have so, a ton of weird props. So and many. animals. Pedal's been in several. <laughs> the best is what it's like. Can we please get a, a pedal Maybe like a cameo from Petal, and we're like, we can try, but you know what? She always she comes camera ready. She really she does. always <laughs> delivers every single time. Yes. Well, uh, so where can folks find you on the internet, Christy? They can find me and Petal on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. I'm on Threads, but I haven't You're threaded. Thread soon. What do they call it? It's not a tweet. Get that thread, Post? baby. I don't know what you do. I thread the I, needle. Sew it. I. I uh, haven't sewn anything yet, but uh, if you want to follow in the event I do, that's also Christy and Wallace, and I'm on TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? Pretty much everywhere at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Sinister.